It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on the show on this Thursday. A lot of interesting decisions next week for the Atlanta Falcons. Can the Atlanta Falcons attack the weak spot on the Browns offensive line? And I'd like to see if more Michael Harris where he hit last night. All that coming up next. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. And Locked On or Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. Don't forget to check our folks out over there. And of course, Check us out on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Over 4,000 strong now on there. We appreciate everybody being a part of our growing community. You can download us for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. And, of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page, as you see down there, at JMSH316. Amazon Fire and Roku, we are on those platforms now as well. So one of the very interesting things, and I've been thinking about this a lot over the last several days here, is when the Falcons wrap up this week against the Cleveland Browns, that'll be four games in the books, right? Guess what next week means? That you can start to pull players off the short-term IR. So very quickly, short-term IR in the NFL has been changed for this year. Number one, instead of three games, it's four games. So if you're on short-term IR, you have to miss four games. So next week being week five, guys are eligible to come back. The other part of this too is if you bring a player back from IR and he starts to practice, you have four weeks to put him on your active 53-man roster or he's going on IR for the rest of the year, okay? Now, with that for the Falcons, there are four main names that we need to look at and, and talk about, okay? Let's start with maybe the easiest one. That is Isaiah Oliver. Now, had he not have been hurt, Isaiah Oliver probably is your starting nickel corner, most likely. Been, he, he did that last year until he was hurt. He expected him to win that job. Let me tell you, D. Alford's done a nice job. They figured a few things out there at nickel corner. But I think they like Oliver. They brought him back on a one-year deal. I do expect Isaiah Oliver is going to get a shot at the 53-man, assuming, now let's assume that quote-unquote everybody's healthy. And I'm going to say air quotes because I do think that there are some guys who were put on IR for different reasons than health, okay? But let's assume that these guys would be legitimately healthy and ready to go. So Oliver being first, I think that Oliver will get put back on the 53-man roster and I expect to see him play in that nickel corner. And and God forbid if, you know, Terrell or Casey Hayward gets hurt or something like that, you line him up at one of those other corner spots. But I do think that that's a guy that they believe in and trust, and he can be a part of this and, and move forward. Let's go to Jalen Mayfield. So I don't know how many times I've said it on this show, my radio show, maybe 75,000 times. Jalen Mayfield graded out as the worst interior offensive lineman in the league. He was the most sacks given up by an interior offensive lineman, top 10 penalties, all of the metrics that you look at from Jalen Mayfield graded out to be, if not one of the worst interior offensive line. Remember we did that study a few weeks, months ago, where we talked about pass coverage and things like that. 
and Jalen Mayfield among 160 starting offensive linemen in the league graded out dead last in pass blocking. So here's the thing. Elijah Wilkinson won the job. He's been fine as your starter. Well, he got some personal issues, whatever. He missed last week. Now let's put Colby Gossett in. Guess what? He played well. Gossett played well. So this is what I think is the reality for Jalen Mayfield. One of two things. I think the more likely scenario is he's going to get put on the practice squad, assuming that he comes back. Now, remember, on IR, you do not have to bring guys back. You can let them, for lack of a better term, just sit in limbo and continue to heal on IR. But if they bring him back, I think it's either the most likely scenario is he heads to the practice squad or I think there's a definite chance that they cut him. Because why take up a practice spot for a position that you feel like you've got some depth in and you can find somebody in? I think Jalen Mayfield's either not going to be around that much longer, and this might be his last year with the Falcons, or he's just going to get stashed on the practice squad and you're just going to kind of, that's going to be it. So I don't have a lot of hope for Jalen Mayfield. And let's be honest, why change what's working? Because that's going to be the theme of what we're going to talk about in this. Why change what's working? Because they are working with some things and things are going well for the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't see a reason to change this. So I don't think there's a reason to activate Mayfield onto the 53-man roster. Now, let's talk about Marlon Davidson. Another guy who always injured and has literally made one play since he's had a chance to play for the Falcons. And that was the pick six against Tom Brady, right? That's the famous play that he made. And that'll live in Falcon lore and all this kind of stuff. But let's be honest. He's done next to nothing when he has had a chance to play. And I get he hasn't had a whole lot. But if you, you know, there's an old saying in the NFL, you can't make the club in the tub, right? If you can't stay on the field and then when you're on the field, you don't produce anything, what's your value? And when we look at what this defensive line, we talked about Grady Jarrett yesterday. Obviously, he wouldn't supplant Grady Jarrett, but they're increasing the snap percentage of Grady Jarrett. You're seeing a higher percentage of snap count. And then Taquan Graham has played really well. And then Abdullah Anderson has played well as you know on their defensive line. So they have a nice little mix and mash of what they want. And Graham has done a really nice job of helping set up some of these explosive plays on defense. Even if he hasn't created some of his own, the coaches have talked about how, you know, it, for lack of a better term, if he got an assist on a, on a defensive explosive play, he's that guy to do it. So with all due respect, uh, I don't think he's going to get activated as well. And then the big one, Deion Jones. We've been talking about this for how long now? Okay. Here's the thing. Rashawn Evans, tackling machines look good. Michael Walker, been one of their better defensive players. Yeah, Troy Anderson's all of a sudden now getting snaps and getting in the mix. Is there really a need for another interior linebacker right now? Even if his name is Deion Jones and he's been, you know, one of the cornerstones of this Falcons defense for the last handful of years? Eh, I don't know about all that. I think they're going to keep I, – I think Deion Jones won't get activated up IR. There'll be some kind of excuse. He'll be like, oh, my arm's broken. My arm's still broken. My arm's broken here. That's what that will be. That'll be stash and dash and use the IR 
to find a trade partner and work something out. I know it's just he's hurt out. Okay. Thought it was a quick, easy cleanup procedure. That's what y'all told me. Quick and easy cleanup procedure. No big deal. He won't miss that much time. And he hasn't, and he played a little bit, and he played in that Jacksonville preseason game, looked all good. And then, oh, my arm, my arm's broken, my arm's broken. And on the IR, he went. I've said before, and I'll say it again, that Deion Jones has played his last game as Atlanta Falcon. Not a knock against Deion. It's just for what this defense wants, for what this coordinator wants, for the scheme fit and things like that, that they'd if they thought Deion Jones was an answer to a question, he'd be on the field. I can assure you. I can assure you he'd be on the field already. Not, ooh, my arm's broken. Oh, we're going to wait until, oh, I know. Let's wait until mandatory minicamp to schedule the surgery. Right, okay. That's just coincidence. That's just, you know, I mean, January, February, why would we do that? You know, let's wait till mandatory min- draft. Why would, let's do that. Let's wait till mandatory minicamp comes along. Then we can put them on the pup list for training camp and all that good kind of stuff. So of the four main guys that we would have sat here a year ago and said we expect to contribute, I think there's one guy who's going to get activated, and that's Isaiah Oliver. I don't think they're going to activate Deion Jones. I think they're going to look to trade him. I don't think they're going to activate Jalen Mayfield. And if they do, they're going to put him on the practice squad. I don't think he's going to be on the 53-man roster if they activate him. And I don't think Marlon Davidson is going to get activated either. I think that they look at those guys and say, you know what? Our football team is figuring some things out. We're making plays and making strides without them. So next week, after we get through the Browns game and we get ready for the Buccaneers, the story to me is going to be what happens to those four guys that have been on short-term IR. I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So take that mobile device. This is so easy. Like this is a no-brainer, right? Take the mobile device, pop in BetOnline.net on your mobile device, and check out the wide range of information that's available. You need wagering information, lines, scores podcast news and information, esports, betting, whatever you need is available there. And all the sports. We got college football. We got NFL football starting tonight. We got MLB. Guess what? Handful of games and we're ready for the baseball playoffs here. Baseball playoffs will start, what, next weekend or late next week or what have you. Everything's available at Bet Online. It's going to make you smarter when it comes to your wagering information. So take the mobile device, head to betonline.net today, and get all the information you need to be a smarter sports wager. BetOnline.net is where the action starts. So one thing about the Cleveland Browns and their offense is they have an outstanding offensive line. Let's not confuse this, okay? Those five guys across the middle are top one, two, three in the NFL. There aren't three offensive lines that are better than the Cleveland Browns. And that's how they make their hay. And that's why they have the most dynamic running back duo in the league. That's why they're one of the best rushing teams in the league. That's why that they can keep their quarterback upright. Those group along their front is outstanding. Jedrick Willis, Jack Conklin, Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, and their center, Ethan Posick. Now, the center (coughs) was supposed to be Nick Harris who's a very good player in his own right, but he's not available. And so Ethan Posick has been their center. 
came over from, I think it was the Seahawks that he came over from. Okay. So if there's one wink, weak link, excuse me, that's available to attack on that Browns offensive line, it is Posick at center. He's not played very well. He doesn't grade out very well. I think a 67.5 grade. That's the lowest on their offensive line. And to be honest with you, when you read some of the blogs, you know, from the Browns and some of the guys who cover the team and follow along and stuff like that with it, you know, too many blown up plays and he's not been very good, especially in pass protection. He's a pretty good run blocker, but he's not been a great pass protector. So on Sunday, we've talked about Grady Jarrett and how good of a start he's been to this season. If there is a place to attack the Browns, especially if you can win first down on Sunday, and we'll break the game out down more in depth coming up tomorrow. But if you can win on Sunday on first down, and again, what we say all the time in the NFL, change down and distance. That is such a key in the NFL. Can you change down and distance when you're playing defense? Well, you can get the Browns into third and medium and long, and they have to throw, you come up the middle on the Browns. You come right through the center. If there is a weak spot on that line, because the rest of that group, Conklin's a terrific offensive lineman. Wyatt Teller's as good a guard as there is in the NFL. Jedrick Willis is an outstanding left tackle. And Batonio has been one of the best guards in the NFL for years now. But there's that one weak spot that you have to find a way to go in and attack. And listen, if you can attack the center spot in the NFL anyway, isn't that the place where quarterbacks don't want to see pressure? Nothing more difficult to navigate than pressure that comes right up the middle, right? That was the secret and the key for so many years about how to beat Tom Brady. The thing that the Giants did, pressure up the middle on you, right? Let's get out. up the middle on the pressure. It's right where you want to be. Not necessarily way out here, way out here. That's good. If you got a speed guy, go get that's cool. But right up here with all the pressure, right through that middle, right? And that's the one weak spot that the Cleveland Browns have. So if there's a way to expose that, Grady or blitz up through the middle or what have you, brother, I'm going to attack that. Because to me, that is the key matchup in the game on Sunday is how does our defensive line play against their offensive line? How do we get pressure? Can our four get pressure on their on their line? I don't know. You know, one of the things Dean Peace talked about this week is that he likes to pass rush and they've done some really good things, but they're not getting home with four guys that at times they have to bring more guys with it to get pressure. Now, Look, that's not a bad thing, but that's not something you can consistently go out there and do is blitzing that way or bringing extra guys all the time with it. At some point, your four has to find a way to get home, right? And that's the one thing Dean Peace talked about that he wants to see them get a little bit better at. So there is that one little weak link that's available to attack, and that's at the center position. Now, guess what? That is definitely our wink link as well on our offensive line. You know, our center's not played very well at all. I mean, to put it in perspective, of the 44 eligible centers in the NFL to have a pro football focus grade, Drew Dolman, our center, is 40th in the league right now. 
out of 44. How many teams are in the NFL? Not 40? Okay. Unless they expand. Did they expand this week? Did the NFL expand this week? Is there a team in Sacramento or is there a team in Columbus, Georgia or something like that? Because otherwise, there aren't 40 teams in the league and our center's 40th. So that should tell you a lot. But back to where we need to attack out there. So, look, there's probably not going to be a lot of big plays. And, and there's probably going to be not be a lot of opportunity to make some hay and to attack some certain points. But you got to win on first down. And if you can, if you can make that third and long and they have to throw, that soft spot in their offensive line is coming right through where the center is. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy for the Atlanta Falcons. But this, to me, is the matchup of the game. Can the Falcons and their four guys on that line, can they find a way to get at and attack the Browns? Can they attack the Browns up front with their guys without having to bring extra guys in? Because think about the Browns. It's not just their skill position, people. But don't forget, Kareem Hunt is an outstanding, not just running back, but a guy who catches a crap ton of passes coming out of the backfield. And that's been something that, and again, I know five years ago doesn't matter in today's NFL or whatever like that, but the, the Falcons have always had, it seems like, trouble guarding guys who are running backs that do a good job of catching the ball on the backfield. So you're going to need your linebackers and safeties and things like that to not just account for Amari Cooper and Njoku and those guys. They also need to account for Kareem Hunt swinging out and, doing his thing and going out and finding pass and stuff like that. And that's where you need Michael Walker and things like that, not blitzing and coming into the line. You need Michael Walker to be able to cover Kareem Hunt and take care of that business coming out there. And then obviously Njoku, another guy who likes to sneak around and get out there as well. And they target him a pretty good amount as well. But you have to look for the little soft spots, right? You have to look for the soft, easy spots on the dog's belly. And that for the Browns is attacking their center and coming right through the middle. If you can expose that on Sunday, hey, man, you got a shot for sure. I want to talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. Listen, you know how much I love these folks. They are the best small batch coffee roaster in America, but they are right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area. Listen, here's what you want to do. CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. Head there today. Check out their wide menu of products. You want K-Cups? Cool, they got that. You need organic coffee? Cool, they got that. Hey, I like flavored coffee. Cool, they got that. So check out the wide range of products that they have today. CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. When you get that order put together, use the promo code at checkout, locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. Use that promo code at checkout, and you get 15% off your first order by using locked on as the promo code when you are at checkout. Coffee AM, coffeeam.com. They are the best small batch coffee roaster in America, right here in the state of Georgia, up in Canton. Check them out today. All right, one of the things about the Braves last night and that kind of ugly loss, and it sucked. And look, we'll talk more about this series tomorrow because it all gets cranked up. Now it's do or die for the division, right? Ain't no more messing around. It won't be because of the Marlins or the Nats or anything like that. It'll be what happens in this three-game set. Braves are now a game behind after they stubbed their toe last night against the Nationals, losing three to two in extra innings on a ball that was at the guy's shoe tops that he hit for a single, drove in a run in extra innings, ball game and good for them. One of the things that I really liked about last night, though, and this is going to be interesting moving forward when we start talking about next year, 
But Michael Harris, who has been all over the lineup at times, it seems like, but last night he hit third in that order. Now, when you look at Michael Harris's splits on the season, okay, and at this point, Michael Harris is going to win the rookie of the year, right? He's going to win the rookie of the year voting with Strider going down with the oblique and all that kind of stuff. Harris is going to win the rookie of the year, okay? But one thing I want you to look at, though, as he's hitting 300 with a 344 on base, 532 slugging overall, but his numbers against right-handed pitching. He's got 17 homers against right-handers. He's hitting 327 versus 252 against lefties. His on-base is 368 compared to 288. So he's, what, 75 points higher batting average. He's 80 points higher in his on-base, and his slugging is 594 against righties, 288 against lefties. So he's got he's got a, no, sorry, five, 532 slugging. No, let me take that back. 594 slugging to 387 slugging against right-handed pitching. So he's what? 200 and just about 210 points higher in his slugging with a 962 to a 675 OPS. So his numbers are staggering against right-handed pitching. Can I tell you, and I know that this goes against wisdom and we're late in the year and they've had so much success with Grissom and Harris hitting at the bottom of the order, right? Way down here on the bottom. Can I tell you though, I would love to see against right-handed pitching more of Michael Harris in the three spot. Now, let's look at this for a second, okay? Um, let's see. The Mets, who they're going to play this coming week. Trying to think, what hand is DeGrom? Is he, he's a left. Oh, no, he's a right-hander? Okay, cool. Well, what about Max Scherzer? Trying to think about what hand he is. Nope, he's a, he's a right-handed pitcher as well. Well, Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, what are they? Are they left? Nope, they're right-handers as well. So can I tell you that I would love to see Michael Harris against right-handed pitching and those splits, and especially this weekend, where you're going to see DeGrom tomorrow night, right? We'll talk more about that tomorrow, but DeGrom freed, right? You'll see Scherzer. Can I tell you? I know Olsen. I know Riley. I know the slugging and all that stuff that they bring. But against right-handed pitching, can I get me some Michael Harris in the three-hole? Can I get some more of that? Can I have more of that, please? Can I have more gruel, please? Let me have some more of that. He's got the power. He's got the on-base. He's got the speed. He's got the slugging. He's got everything you need. And look, Matt Olson, even though he's hit almost all of his home runs, I think it's 27 of his homers have been against right-handed pitching, he's still only hitting like 240 against right-handers. It's not like he's hit 327 like Michael Harris. He's still a 240 hitter against right-handed pitching. And Austin Riley, Austin Riley's hit the majority of his home runs off right-handed pitching, but he's a 254 hitter against right-handers. And he's been a little bit worse than that against lefties, but okay. With all due respect to Olsen and, and Riley, can I get me Michael Harris in this series hitting third? I think that's the perfect spot for him. Think about all of that speed at the top of the lineup. Those, you know, Ronnie, Dansby, Harris, they give you all the home run and all the big pop and everything, right? But where they kill you is all that speed on the base pass. 
to where Riley didn't have to drive the ball out of the ballpark. Olsen doesn't have to drive it out of the ballpark. Contreras, Darnot, they don't have to drive it out of the ballpark. Those guys are just running around the bases like that, like the, what was that Bugs Bunny cartoon, right? Dun, 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 dun. They're just running around the bases, right? Scoring runs. I'd love to see, and I don't know if Snicker will do this. That's the thing. I don't know if he will continue to do this. Even when they get in the playoffs, though, can I tell you, when you look at the splits, the difference in right-handed versus left-handed pitching, drop them down. Cool. Put them back in that nine spot. Let me have Grissom and Harris in that nine, eight, nine spot. Because I don't think Ozzy's going to play. Ozzy's not going to play in the first round of the playoffs. You heard it here first. I, I'm, Ozzy's not going to play in the first round. They, if they're the wild card team, they're not going. He's not going to play in that in that wild card round or whatever they call that thing. I don't even know what the hell it is anymore. They just they got so many confusing layers of baseball playoffs. He won't play in that first round. It'll it'll be we had it toward the NLCS or whatever thing is. It'll be later on in the playoffs before you see Ozzy. I don't think he's coming back in a week and all of a sudden his hand is going to be better and everything like that. So while you're waiting on him to return and wherever you're going to hit Ozzy and this, that, and the other, left-handed pitching, Grissom and Harris, right down there at the bottom of the order. I'm good with all that. They've done enough. They've proven enough. But against right-handed pitching, let me get some Michael Harris up there third. I'd rather have him hitting third behind Dansby and behind uh, uh, Ronnie than even Riley or Olsen. And I know the big thing becomes, well, if it's, Ronnie, Dansby, Harris, Olsen, you go righty-righty and lefty-lefty. And, you know, Snicker likes to break it up and this, that, pish-posh. Let me have my best hitters up there. Your best hitter typically hits in the three-hole. That's why they wanted Freddie, and that's why he spent all that time there. That's why Chipper Jones spent 20 years in the three-hole. You want your best pure hit. And I know, I know what you're going to tell me. Oh, it's a different world, Chuck. It's a different baseball world. Okay, well, you know, that formula is still the formula that wins is still that formula that wins. Oh, Mike Trout hits lead off in second. Right. And they're the most dreadful franchise in the American League. They're the most they're the most overhyped, overblown franchise that doesn't win squat in the American League. And they have arguably two of the three best, if not the two best pitchers or players in all of Major League Baseball. Hell, they maybe got one of the five best pitchers in Major League Baseball. And you know what they win? Bupkis. So you can take your analytics and sabermetrics and metrosexual statistics and all that, miss me with all that. Give me my best hitter in the three-hole. Right now for the Braves, that's the dude that plays center field. And we'll talk more about Michael Harris next week because he's going to win, I think, two awards. He's not just going to win rookie. He's going to win two awards this year. And we'll explain that because it's been done before in baseball. But for right now, can I get me some Michael Harris in that three-hole? Let me see him against DeGrom. Let me see him against Scherzer. I know we're desperate and we got to sweep and we got to win. I want my best lineup out there. I want the guys who are hitting. I want, this is where you can use splits and things like that. Against right-handed pitching, let me get the guy in there that's been crushing right-handed pitching. And by the way, 17 homers against right-handed pitching, he's got plenty of power to hit in that spot. And this will be interesting whether they sign Dansby or don't sign. If they don't sign Dansby, I think he hits second next year. If they sign Dansby, I still hit him third. I think he's going to be your best pure overall hitter. Olsen and Riley may be the guys that hit bombs away and clean it all up, but Harris is my guy. Let me have him more in that three-hole. Uh, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make ATL Day 1s your second listen 
every day as my friends Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste talk about all things in the heart of the city of Atlanta. They're free and available on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button. Over 4,000 subscribers. We thank you greatly. Hadn't even been six months yet. We appreciate you all so much for being a part of the community. Free and available to download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free. Leave a five-star review. Amazon Fire and Roku. I don't know what they are, but they sound great. Download us and check us out on those platforms today for free on there as well. And then hit me up on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. We'll wrap it up. We'll preview Braves Mets. We'll preview Falcons Browns. All tomorrow as we wrap up the week. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.